HRN listeners. As we celebrate our 15th year, we are deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. This episode is presented by Corgi Spirits and Chai Pani Restaurant Group. You're listening to Heritage Radio Network. We're a member-supported food radio network broadcasting over 35 weekly shows live from Bushwick, Brooklyn. Join our hosts as they lead you through the world of craft brewing, behind the scenes of the restaurant industry, inside the battle over school food, and beyond. Find us at heritageradionetwork.org. So you don't shun the devil with your rock and roll load. Knows that country music's gonna save your soul. The devil in them rhythm and blues that sound. It's gonna get you sun in the air. Welcome back to the Speakeasy. I'm Dave Mabolti. My name is Souther Teague. Hey, Souther. How you doing, on? buddy? I'm great, buddy. What's going on? You know, I was just thinking, fall is in the air. Fall is in the air. It is, man. What's your favorite? Okay, so I feel like uh, Amore Margo, you know, since you guys do all stirred bitter cocktails, it's like, this is like, you're coming into your season, man. I yeah. mean, I know like there's certain, like, I'll have a Negroni year round. Of course. You know, it, like it, to me, that's a very refreshing summer drink. I don't know if that speaks to my character, like in a negative way. Well, I feel, <laughs> I feel like we flip over to like, you know, your your your, your rum Negroni, your your rye whiskey Negroni, like we switch gears and hit. Yeah, you go to the Boulevardier. Exactly. Section. Yeah. What's the, your, what's your the favorite? pal. Yeah, the old pal, um, which I'm sure you use old Overholt in. Uh, you know what? You don't have you seen uh, Have you seen the new uh, bonded Overholt release? Yeah. Oh yeah, that's a, that's my old pal. I, right there. When I saw that, I was like, "That's eh, other. He's but gonna freak." That, I, I did freak out. <laughs> yeah. Like I had a little. I thought it was fake. I thought someone posted a fake thing. <laughs> I had to go to my sources and be like, "Is this for real?" You know what? I've only seen Roster Lomax, and he said, "He said, uh, he said, happy early birthday." <laughs> <laughs> But here's the thing: Does it have the red cap? Because I haven't seen that part yet. I've only seen the label online. Because uh, it used to have a red cap. I, you know, I'm colorblind, so I, oh, right. I'm, I'm thinking about that right now. That's why you picked out those glasses, right? It is. <laughs> it is with the red frames. It's true. Um, I was I was alone in the glasses store. <laughs> Nobody knows that. Well, I guess some people know that story, but yeah, I picked them out because I thought they. I just liked the way they looked, I mean, and I don't really like glasses at all. But I kind of was like, well, oh, these are at least calling to me in some way. And then I got them home and. Natalie said, did you pick those out yourself? I was like, yeah, why? Did you know they're bright red? <laughs> nope. <laughs> well, okay, so, well, that that aside, that's a, that's a whole other show. Uh, but, yeah, that's a television show, so people can uh, yeah, see exactly. it. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> um, But what's your, uh, what's your go-to fall ingredient? You know, I change up all the time, but, and I think it's, it's uh, again, not a secret, 
that I try and keep by any means, but I just don't think people notice how much cognac I drink. I'm oh, a big yeah. fan of cognac, and I do feel that it lends itself beautifully to sort of full cocktails. Yeah. Like, I'm a cognac nerd. Yeah. How about you? What do you what's your go-to? I love cognac, man. Actually, we need do you, to... Do you jump over the fence and do some Armagnac as well? Yeah, of course. Yeah, me too. I mean, I like, pretty much any, like, French brandy. Like, I love Calvados. I mean, like... Any, oh, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, like, it's, it's all, like, it's built for fall. A- absolutely. I mean, even American, you know, Laird's Apple Brandy, that's a jam. Yeah, totally, man. Definitely fallish. Put a little pumpkin spice on there, boom, you're out. Oh, dude, yeah, <laughs> we are in the middle of pumpkin spice latte season. Oof. But let's talk about something else. <laughs> yeah. TV on the radio. Uh, in the studio today, we've got Andrew Meltzer all the way in from San Francisco. I've heard of it. How you doing? I'm, I'm doing real well, gents. Thanks for having me, dude. Yeah, really happy nice to see you. You, you too. Um, uh, just a quick intro. Andrew is uh, uh, like me, the president of the United States Bartenders Guild, but he's San Francisco, um, in, and uh, uh, he's also last year's world class USA winner. Yeah, congratulations! Correct. Yeah, 2016 champion. I'll hold on to it as long as I can. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I mean, yeah, I guess you get to hold on to that title forever. Yeah, they can't take. There, there'll be no away. other 2016 champion. You, yeah. you took it. <laughs> so what you're doing like. Shaking cocktails in a plane that was doing like loop de loops, uh, that kind of stuff. Yeah, I call Superman and turn <laughs> turn time backwards. That's my red and white dynamite. I just cracked open. Yep, you sure did. <laughs> um, it is brunch time. Yeah, ish. Uh, let's talk about world class some. Um, I, I think uh, maybe we we haven't really spoken a lot about. We really haven't. You know, I did it uh, the, the first two years it was available here, uh, and I did really well both years, but um, not well enough to to consider keeping going. Um, it was a different tier and a different structure when I did it. I was top four the first year, and then I was top 20, and I never made it any higher than that the second year. And I considered doing it the third year, but I got, frankly, I got busy. Like, it's, a, it's, a, yeah. it's an endeavor. It's a huge time commitment. It's not like most cocktail competitions, which are really popular in the industry. You can take a good cocktail you already have in your back pocket, change the brand, and send it in the day before. That works in most departments, but not with world glass because it's so much thought goes into it, like writing a menu, some essay questions, and then having a whole portfolio of cocktails, not just a single drink. Mm-hmm. And being ready to do stuff on the fly. I, I remember um, the the it was broken up into kind of weird brackets the first year. They, they've changed it really considerably. But yeah. the, the first year, you know, we had to do, uh, I think you still do it, right? The mystery box kind of deal. So we did that, but we also did uh, dessert pairing, random. Mm-hmm. They brought out a bunch of desserts, and we had to pair a cocktail with it, like, on the fly. Based yeah, on, based every, on, based every on year bar. the challenges change, but they follow the same, I think, the same principles. There's usually a speed round, and then something that's a food pairing, and then also an on-the-fly, either farmer's market challenge or something like Iron Chef, where you hang out with a chef, and they teach you new culinary techniques or introduce you to new, interesting regional ingredients. And maybe you'll have an hour or up to a full day to prepare a cocktail. That, that's the part that really intrigues me. You know, like, I, I mean, I know, obviously, so that you were chef for a while and like you've uh, you've gone through that that world. And I've never gotten I've gotten to like work with some really amazing chefs, but like I haven't gotten to really like spend that much time like learning the techniques because a lot of them don't really necessarily apply to like directly to making cocktails, but understanding the techniques can give you a different perspective on the application 
Yeah, and yeah, when it comes to use. pairing food, yeah. knowing how your chef prepared an entree may affect the way you prepare special ingredients for your cocktails. Sure. What's uh, what's the part that you feel like was the the most challenging, and then what's the part you feel like was the most fun? Well, the one that's that most be the challenging same, for everybody is the speed round because they usually put the uh, most intimidating judges in front of you. Yeah. And I like that round. I do pretty well in there because I can walk and talk at the same time. But the challenges that most entertain me are the ritual theater or outside the box challenges that really show your creativity. So they change. One year it was about sensory elements and you had to involve as many sights, sounds, things that you touch and smell into your presentation. So I pretended to be a hippie on the side of the road off Interstate 5. <laughs> and I gave uh, the judges an aura cleansing, which involved <laughs> salt and smoke and tarot cards and them walking across tile floors in was, the middle of the summer. Was Gary Reagan one of the judges? No. If he, if he was, he would have loved that. Yeah, yeah. he would have loved that. Winner. <laughs> it was uh, Dave Nipov and Jacques Bezuidenhout. Right <laughs> I, I, they'll never forget nor forgive me for that one. That's pretty awesome. And uh, in another year, they had to... You had to be inspired by either an actor or a director or a character within a movie. So you could do anything you wanted from American film. And I took a risky card and I did Forrest Gump. So I, <laughs> I dressed and played and acted like Forrest Gump and I shaved my beard off. And I got a box of custom-made chocolates and each of the three chocolates was made with a different Diageo Reserve spirit like Bullet, Tanqueray, or Zacapa Rum. And each one... You made them? No, you got to reach out to all your connections. So I I knew some truffle ladies in San Francisco at the Six Course Truffles. And they made, yeah. (laughs) The the best one, I fed Charles Jolie, who's uh, the U.S. global winner a few years ago Mm -hmm. and well-known bartender. I fed him a Zacapa and Creole caramel chocolate that had a candied shrimp on top. And it was a little dried shrimp I got in Japantown and we candied them in chili seasoning and put it on top of the truffles. Amazing. It tasted surprisingly decent and I can't believe he <laughs> ate it. Surprisingly decent. <laughs> All right. That's going to be her new tagline for the show. Surprisingly decent. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I already yeah. made the t-shirts. I'll send them your way. <laughs> so uh, yeah. Uh, well, yeah. We just so got I, back from the global finals in Mexico city. That's right. Uh, yeah. How did that go? I know. So uh, we were all, all rooting here for Chris, who who was this year's 2017 USA winner. He was down at the Globals in Mexico. He did not win, but he, he, he came. came in, he came in fifth out of 55 countries. I think too which shabby. was fantastic. Yeah, that was better than most U.S. competitors had done. His name is Chris Cardone. He's yeah, from man. New York City here, and he did an incredible job. So Diageo flew you down for it, or you just went to watch? Uh, they flew me down. I was his glorified barback. So. You know, at the end of the day, a lot of it is the strength of a team. Chris used so many of his own skills and talents on stage. And it's nice when you've got somebody helping you cut ice or make syrups on the fly in the back of house and helping you get prepped. So it was really exciting to be able to help him run through his lines and fine tune him. And man, did he blow everybody away. It was awesome. Yeah, he's such a nice guy. He came and did... uh, um a couple of stages at Amori Margo just because he wanted to deepen his Am- Amaro knowledge before Mexico. That sounds awesome. That's great use of free labor. You can sign me up for a shift too. <laughs> well, while you're in town, let's get that done. Um, you know, I'm still not a hundred percent behind the bar. Uh, it's, so you're mentioning more than one year. You, you did it more than once. Yeah. I entered 
three years in a row. The first year I didn't make it, but I did get an opportunity to volunteer back of house with Andy Seymour's team at Liquid Reductions. Yep. They do all the back of house work there. And that was an incredible benefit for me because I got to see how everything worked behind the stages. And I got to view some of the more creative bartenders in the country giving their presentations. Yeah. So that gave me a lot of ideas that I could interpret into the next year's challenges. Right. And then second year you made it in, third year you won it. Yeah. That's great because Chris, I think that was his fourth it, or four, fifth. Four years and three going to nationals. And literally just getting into the nationals, that means you're committing six months of all your creative energy, your free time into practicing speed rounds. You know, you got to, instead of giant, time with your endeavor. kids, you're going through your ritual theater challenges. Right. Are you doing it with them? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, it's a, it's an incredible amount of energy, effort, time put into that thing. Yeah. That's why I said I, I, I'm too old for after that After two years, I, I was like, <laughs> you know what? I would, I would really like to win that prize, but it's, it's beyond yeah. my... What is the prize? That, there we go. What's the prize? Well, you could say nothing, but I, I like to say <laughs> you get an awesome opportunity the following year. So this last year, I got to go around the country to many cities and help with educational presentations yep. with the Diageo team. And it's really cool because they let bartenders teach bartenders. And it's not a ton of brand education. It's more valuable things like how taste and flavor work on a chemical level. And more valuable things that they can actually use in their day-to-day -day jobs. At the same time, we use Bullet Bourbon and Don Julio Tequila and the drinks and definitely get some brand points across. But the idea is to remember that this is the brand that taught you valuable life skills. Yeah, broader stroke educational opportunities. Yeah. Yeah, uh, which we're both involved in with our positions at USBG, right? Absolutely. Yeah, we don't want to just, you know... Stomp, stomp the ground with uh, a brand education. We want to educate on the category, and then if we can get some brand education squeaked in there, that's that's a bonus. And, well, we're the lucky chapters because you as the president of uh, New York City and myself as the president of San Francisco, we have a lot of opportunity at our door and a lot of brands that really want to participate with us. So it gives us a little leverage. And instead of only offering branded lunches where you talk about one brand's ingredients and this and that. We do offer more categorical trainings and we're allowed to bring in, I think, unusual education like good posture or, yeah. or financial makes skills. Yeah. Yeah, financial skills. Yeah. Where's Jason Latrell when we, I need him? We just had a meeting that was about stress reduction for bartenders. And it was incredible the sort of group therapy that that acted as. It's easy for you to say. You live in San Francisco. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. If we had some uh, legalities here. <laughs> oh, yeah, the stress reduction. Mm, yeah. I see what you mean. Uh, <laughs> can, we, can we say that on radio? We can say whatever we want. Yeah. That's right. It's called the Green Door Tavern. That's where we have all of our meetings. <laughs> the Green Door Tavern. Nice. Uh, beats the snot out of a snackery. <laughs> uh, so you get to travel around. That's the prize, right? You're kind of like a, a de facto uh, brand ambassador or at least a, um, just ambassador to, to the, to the yeah, world to the of program. cocktailing. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I also got to judge all the regional finals and the national finals in the oh, US this year. So you get to sit on the other side of the thing. And it's incredible. Not only do you not have to check bags anymore with hundreds of pieces of glassware and all of your life right. value and tools, but... I get to see 60 to 70 of the best bartenders in America bring their creative best to the table. 
And it's really inspiring because I still manage a cocktail bar and I have to write cocktail menus seasonally. And I get a lot of really interesting ideas, not just on techniques or flavors, but service styles and presentations of cocktails. Yeah, no, it's it's great stuff to watch. And uh, are they are they simulcasting that or anything? The world class globals did. You can go to right, but not with the regionals, no, not so much, right? Not the regionals. I wish that they did because most of the competitors know that they're not going to win. You know, out of 60, 70 competitors, only one person's going to get the gold trophy. But the real value is how much knowledge and camaraderie and networking you gain from it. So I think that even not entering, not getting in the first year and losing the second year, I left as a winner because I made so many great connections and I learned so much about cocktailing just through the competitive phase. Right. That's really cool. Uh, how... So this is a lot of travel, right? What do you say? It's at least a once a month travel that you've done for the past year then? Yeah, and it's in it's in bulk. So April and May, I was gone every week. And then I was at home at the bar June and July. And then August, I've been on the road all month long. So yeah. I'm very fortunate that my GM, Ian, I hope he's drinking some sherry or sleeping, uh, <laughs> covers the bar for a month at a time while I'm gone. And, and then I, he goes off to Spain and I watch the ship. That's cool. And let's talk about the bar song. Let's plug your spots. 15 Romolo, Please. San Francisco. You're in kind of an alleyway. You're near a bunch of It's the strip, red light. It's, strip it's clubs. It's the red light district. I wouldn't even glorify them as strip clubs because they're not the places you want to send your brother, father, or anybody you like into. Um, but it is a really interesting neighborhood. It's right on the edge of Little Italy and Chinatown. And what was a red light district, it still gets a little rowdy on the weekends. But I read somewhere the space itself was a, is a former brothel. Is that true? It was. <clears throat> we still operate the hotel above it, which is like a SRO, a single residency occupancy, or a long-term hostel, if you would. Mm-hmm. And it was run by a couple Basque women for many generations. And they ran the restaurant downstairs, which is now the bar. <laughs> so it used to be rented by the hour. And then... Deposits we, we, on the sheets. We foolishly spent years <laughs> renting it by the day and then by the third day. And then now we're at the point that it's a monthly only rental. So you got to apply and uh, and take an STD test. <laughs> amazing. Wow. That's amazing. Well, that seems like a good place to take a break. <laughs> yeah. Uh, okay. So we'll pause the show for a second here from our sponsors. Uh, and then we'll come back. We'll touch more on uh, 15 Romolo. And then you've got some other junk you do. Yeah. Sounds good. All right. This episode is presented by Corgi Spirits. Housed at Jersey City's first and only distillery, Corgi Spirits meticulously crafts small-batch, ultra-premium gins with wonderfully unique botanical blends. Their brilliant spirits are suited for drinking on their own or in making cocktails that are refined yet playful, much like the dogs after which the brand is named. Every ounce of Corgi's handcrafted products shows their commitment to the pursuit of spirits' supremacy, pairing flavor with flavor for the ultimate alchemical combination. And because Corgi Spirits love dogs as much as they appreciate exceptional drinks, a portion of profits from every bottle of Corgi is donated to local dog and animal rescue organizations. Learn more about their mission to craft a better breed of spirits while helping save animals by visiting corgispirits.com. This episode is also sponsored by Chai Pani Restaurant Group. From Bombay to Buncombe and Asheville to Atlanta, Chai Pani has extended the love of food, culinary experience, and storytelling to the southeast. Founded by Merwan and Mali Irani, Chaipani Restaurant Group includes two locations of Chaipani, plus MG Road Bar and Lounge, Batawala, and Buxton Hall Barbecue. 
Learn more about Chai Pani and watch their documentary series, Cutting Chai, at chaipaniRestaurantGroup.com. That's C-H-A-I-P-A-N-I RestaurantGroup.com. And we are back. You're listening to The Speakeasy, and we're talking with Andrew about 15 Romolo and World Class and all things San Francisco. You know, actually, I went, my very first time in San Francisco, uh, I have to thank uh, the good people at uh, Beretta and De La Rosa and Ryan Fitzgerald for inviting me out there to guest Barton. Uh, and Ryan's been on the show a couple times, and now he's got this great, great bar called ABV. Um, he kind of took me out, and we went on a whirlwind tour of all the bars and restaurants in San Francisco in a day. Uh, and a couple of his, uh, when when we finally had to kind of tap out, a couple of his uh, staff members from Beretta took me to. Uh, the north end where 15 Romolo is and I was like this this was like seven years ago or so maybe eight years ago I don't know something like that and uh Romolo has been around for a bit right is it the we're, 15th year right now coming on year 20 that's holy next shit year. Yeah. yeah it's insane big plans we're gonna have to write a yearbook or something yeah man for sure definitely not a cocktail book should have done that at 15 yeah. You know, 15 <laughs> Romolo turns 15. Get we it? did. We made a cool sign for the alleyway okay. and had a big party all, all summer long. Did you make hoodies? No. Because they're, that's they're the thing. It's like, that's my memory of 15 Romolo. The first time I went there, I'm like, I'm like suited up, you know, like this is back when like I was still wearing like vest and ties. And I think I'm not knocking that, but like, I just, I don't do it anymore. Uh, it's because I'm like, yeah. You've relaxed your grip, yeah, yes. Yeah, exactly. Because you don't need to. Yeah, exactly. And that's the thing. It's like, went to 15 Romolo, and I was like, what the fuck is happening here, man? And I'm like, it's my first time in San Francisco at all. Like, oh, wow. You know, I used to live there. Yeah. Yeah, I went yeah. to, I lived in, I lived on, uh, I lived on Turk and Hyde. Uh, God bless you. Yeah, exactly. Well, <laughs> you, you want to make, make it worse? This was 1992. <laughs> like, it was rough. It was warring factions of, 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 of gangs uh, all over the place, and uh, uh, you know, ladies of the evening on my corner all over the place. I'd get accosted all the time. And not like, always ladies, ladies. I live here. It's not just, always ladies. And not always ladies. Yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, yeah. It was a, it was a different time. Yeah, it's yeah. a super gentrified neighborhood now. The Tenderloin. Every, I know. Every yeah, that's the Tenderloin day. neighborhood. That's right. It's, so I went back there some years ago, and there was like a fucking like a Ben and Jerry's on the corner, and I was like, what? You get stabbed. <laughs> like, that's a stabbing corner. <laughs> you get stabbed with a cone. I mean, that corner still is cone. good for a stabbing. But most of the other corners, yeah, you can get a cold brew. <laughs> get a cold brew coffee. Nitro, nitro push. Yeah, you know, you know when you get a cold brew, it's like, it's yeah, over, man. Yeah, it's gentrified. Get the PSL. So, I'm sorry. <laughs> I jumped in on your story. So, you went in there. No, no, yeah. So, on? like, I'm like, I'm like suited up and everything, like, kicking around town and uh, rolling to 15 Romolo. And I'm like. Seeing all these, like, it's California, man. <laughs> it's California. Like, dudes wearing, like, snapbacks and, like, hoodie, like, fernet hoodies and USBG, like, T-shirts and shit like that. I'm like, what the fuck is going on here? This is, like, this is what bartenders wear when they're not bartending. But right. you're bartending. It was like, oh, that was the bartenders. Yeah, it was. Oh, yeah. yeah. It was, like, it was super, like, casual. casual. Everyone was partying. It was great. Green door yeah, tavern. Yeah, it's awesome. It's, uh, it's a cocktail bar without... A freezer for glassware, and we don't have fancy ice. 
And, uh, yeah. you know, we, we do cool have point. fresh fruit juice and we have really innovative cocktails that have a huge seasonal focus. Yeah. But it's an unpretentious bar. It's like exactly. a little alleyway saloon that has good cocktails. And you Cal can, Ford was working there. You can be loud. You can swear. Yeah. You can eat a peanut butter burger at one thirty in the morning. <laughs> the peanut butter burger. Peanut butter burger. You Wait, Kyle Ford, Kyle Ford was there at that time? Yeah, yeah. he was, yeah. Yep. Probably six, seven years that's ago. When, that's when I met him. And that's Rachel cool. was at uh, Rick House. Right. Yeah, they ran the entire block. Yeah. <laughs> from financial district up to North Beach. Yeah. <laughs> but so, yeah, it's a, it's a super exciting place. I've been there is. for five years now, and it's definitely where I got my upbringing and found many of my mentors. Yeah, it's cool, man. It's How, how, good, how, good, is, uh, how good is your win at World Class? How good is that for the bar? Oh, it's been great. I was very lucky to be on a television show that they produced, that World Class produced, called The List. It's at makeitworldclass.com slash the list. And it was kind of like an Anthony Bourdain style (laughs) travel show Mm -hmm. where we weren't in cocktail bars so much as hanging out with bartenders behind the scenes. What does a bartender do on their day off? So I got a... We do a a radio show. Yeah. (laughs) On our day off. (laughs) I wish that that mine was just on the radio. I wouldn't have had to shave. Yeah. But um, (laughs) it, it was a lot of fun producing that and a lot of great media opportunities have come from it. So it's been, like I said, it's been great that I've had the opportunity to travel and reach out and also offer more education to bartenders all around the country, which is something I'm really passionate about. And at the same time, when I get back to San Francisco, I usually have a job waiting for me back at the home bar. Sure. That's right. It's really rad that they're being so accommodating with your schedule being so, I don't know, herky-jerky. Yeah. Right? Like Tyson Bueller, who works just next door to me at uh, that little bar, Death & Company. Once again, I really hope they make it. Like, they're plugging right along. Yeah, um, they're working hard. Plucky. Plucky little bar. I hope They'll probably cro- have a line out of the door. Fingers <laughs> crossed, knock on wood for them. Yeah, I hope yeah. they make it. Uh, they're in my prayers. <laughs> <laughs> but he's gone all the time, too, because he was a couple of years ago winner. Yeah. Uh, he's, he still manages to work his bar, like, five nights a week. I always, um, I text him, I'm like, what are you up to? He's like, I actually go to work in my bar. I'm like, oh, I'm on vacation again. <laughs> yeah, that's more the Jeff Bell model. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Bell's down to one day a week over at the PDT. Yeah. And oh. he, he he won world class. Exactly. Yeah, I'm listing all yeah. the world class yeah, winners. You, yeah, you're really you're really you're doing He's a good job, it. buddy. I'm up on it, man. I mean <laughs> he, he wants to judge next year. I, I, I would love to judge. Um, you should. You'd be a great you know, they, they've really focused on bringing in exceptional bartenders and bar owners oh, as so, judges. So, all right, so I'm out then. Yeah, but you own a good bar <laughs> or two, a few of them. But uh, yeah. uh, I think that they want, you know, role models like yourself as the judges instead of brand ambassadors sure. or, or, uh, or distillers. As much as they know about spirits and the business, it's nice to have somebody that's in the same shoes as you. Well, pitch my name. I don't know who you got to pitch it to, but I would love to do that. I, I, I really was into it when I did it, and I, I do think it's a valuable um, – I don't know. It's a valuable program that they're pushing out there. Like it's, yeah, the, it's, it's, it's cool. Even more than like having a few dozen competitors get into the competition. We go around the country and we train over a thousand bartenders a year. Exactly. During the winter when we do educational yeah. seminars. Yeah. It's pretty red. Um, but seems to me that you'd like to reach a broader audience still than, than even those thousand or so. I do. How, how are you going to do that? Well, there's a huge trend in cocktails at home. 
I know that Diageo has recognized it at their Wait, people like to drink at home? competition. They do. <laughs> and as much as I love the red, white, and blue cans, people are wanting to drink good cocktails at home. You know, they go to bars like yours and mine, and they spend 12 or $15 on a cocktail, which is fantastic. But a lot of the time, they want to bring friends over and recreate high-quality drinks like that at home. So you see on the market tons of premium spirits, which people are buying. And then lots of modifiers, like how many bitters are there out there? A bunch. Or how many types of ginger syrup do you see at Whole Foods? (laughs) Yeah. So people have these ingredients at home, and they realize that there's a need for, like, a fresh lemon or lime every now and then, or (laughs) always. And we're trying to teach them how to make really high-quality cocktails at home uh, with a few minutes of video online. So if you go to Instagram and you see, like, the Food Network, Everything is like a 30-second, a two-minute video on how to cook a whole dinner. So it's really speedy. It's definitely fast-forwarded for millennials. Yeah. And we're trying to do the Infotainment. same thing. Yeah, we're trying to do the same thing with cocktails. So my, one of my childhood best friends has been in L.A. in television production for over a decade. And he started his own company called Uncommon Image. And we just produced our first uh, pilot episode, How to Make an Old Fashioned. And the series is called Top Shelf with Andrew Meltzer. So you can check it out on YouTube. Top Shelf. Top Shelf with Andrew Meltzer. <laughs> we're, we're working on a swinging graphic with a bar spoon and a knife chopping a daiquiri in half. Nice. Like but, a, uh, like that it's, play on Top Shelf. Top Shelf. It's uh, hopefully going to turn into something that can teach thousands or millions of consumers how to make a great old-fashioned, a great daiquiri, sidecar, vucare, or Negroni at home. And by giving them the confidence to recreate exceptional classics. We hope that they'll be able to venture off with a little bit of their own creativity and start creating their own drinks. But the main idea is to teach them how to do the basics right. I mean... Yeah, I've said it a million times. Can't cook rice, can't carve ice. Exactly. Can't do the basic thing, why are you doing the fancy thing? And, um, you know, there's obviously a million videos on how to make an old-fashioned on the internet, but I don't think any of them give you very explicit details so we're going the alton brown route where it's kind of fun and sciencey but we give you really smart technical advice in digestible bits so you just get a little bit here like don't have a bar spoon use a chopstick they're your old-fashioned instead of a huge tablespoon because that's not going to work sure right like like a chopstick stir a chopstick stir is fantastic it's better than a finger well, yeah. Once again, we're bringing up Gary Regan. <laughs> Sorry, Gary. It all comes but, back um, around to him. Yeah, so we're, we're currently looking for some partners. We're looking for media partners. And we'll have each episode or a series of episodes sponsored by different spirits companies. And uh, check out the YouTube teaser, Top Shelf with Andrew Meltzer. We'll have a little information on getting in touch with us there. And hopefully the first video will teach a few people how to make a great old-fashioned at home. Hey, you know, even that's a win. Yeah. You yeah. know, like get, get people over that hump. Yeah. He's out of business, man. <laughs> yeah, but he was we'll, still we were, we, Exactly. We were talking about this prior to coming on the show, and in my mind, I was you weren't here yet, Damon, but when we were sitting here waiting for you to arrive. Uh, Sorry. Having a beer and a pizza at Roberta's. Uh, plug, plug. You're welcome. Um, <laughs> uh, we were talking about it, and in my mind, I was thinking, 
fucking this guy's trying to put us out of business. <laughs> but at the same time, I come back to the thing all the time. Like, how many shows are there on, say, the Food Network or, uh, you know, Travel Channel or whatever about cooking and stuff like that? People don't fucking go home and do that shit. No, they... <laughs> they still want to come to the bar because the bottom line is I do the dishes. Yeah, yeah and exactly. and that's so we're where... We're never going to go out of business. That's where it's comfortable and they don't have to worry about anything and that's where they find inspiration. Like, nobody would... Google how to make a Negroni if they weren't an Amori Margo first drinking a Negroni and had a great experience. With sure, exactly, yeah. Yeah, so I don't think this is... This isn't Robin Peter to pay Paul. This is a whole other section of the yeah. of the consumer swath that, that, people, can, that people want to entertain at, at home, you know? Yeah, they're at home drinking already. They yeah. just want to do it better. Yeah. You know, there was a... Um, there was actually... We had some, some guests on the show with the, uh, the authors of... Uh, uh, the Twelve Bottle Bar. Have you read that book? Yeah, yeah, it's fantastic. Hell yeah, it's awesome. Um, That's kind of the basis of the show. Yeah, like I mean, these like, are things you already have at home. I bet, like a bottle of triple sec. What can you do with it? Yeah, I can hey. tell you a lot. Chug, 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 chug. <laughs> oh, <wait>. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but it's but it it is true. I mean, like you know, I uh, I'm sure you're like I am, or actually was until very recently when I moved uh, a couple months ago, but. um there's a lot of us out there, uh, especially in the bar community, who have like just massive, extensive home bars, like more more booze in our our home bars than you could even fit at your actual like legit bar, you know, that you work at or own. And uh, just like, man, why do I have all this shit here? It's like really, like I I just <laughs> recently stripped down to having a very very like it's probably less than twelve bottles actually, to be honest. Um, How many are mezcal? Two, <laughs> which it's like actually kind of a lot, um, but uh, but yeah, I mean like it, it's stripped because I don't really drink that much at home, and when I do, all I want to drink is the, the classics. Yeah, I want I pretty there's, much there's only drink, I drink only beer and Negronis at home. Yeah, well, actually, now that we're in the holiday season, I'm a cognac Negroni myself. Yeah, yeah. I mm. just sip stuff neat at home, although I will on occasion have. Bottled martini in the freezer. That, that's definitely very summer. For that's me, actually a great hosting tip right there. That's that's very making summer. an advance throw in the freezer and just yeah, man. yeah man. exactly. I live with Robbie Nelson from Plymouth Gin, so there's always yeah. bottled martinis. In, in the that freezer. that's your that's in place of ice. He's, he's a Is Gibson man. He, he's a Gibson man. You got you got uh, you got a jar of pickled onions in the fridge. Well, actually, I I do because of uh, Lacey Hawkins who was, who was on the show about a month ago. Uh, with Monkey Forty Seven, they have the best goddamn pickled onions. They're so intense. Did they have Monkey Forty Seven in them? Of course. Yeah, that makes tipsy much onions good. They're they're if tipsy if onions from up, the Lady Hawk. Yeah, exactly, man. But um, but yeah, I mean, like that's the thing. It's like when you're at home, like well, for us, like especially industry people, it's like you just want to, you kind of want to go for classics. I, I, I really respect like the home bartender for wanting to get weird with like all kinds of different syrups and making your own bitters and all that stuff. I mean, that's great. And there's a lot of resources out there, especially like your show that just came out. Um, and that to me, like that's, that's inspiring. And it's, you know, like we can talk about this stuff all day on the radio and I hope people still listen to us after your, your show is launched. <laughs> but, <laughs> but, uh, you know, it's really great to have that visual aid and to not really rush it. Also, like you were saying, like on Instagram, you, know, you have these 30 second clips, like give it a little extra time because like we spent a lot of time 
working on these things ourselves, right? Yeah, absolutely. And it's just putting the thought and looking at the details. It's yeah. not just throwing a couple things in a glass. You know, there's so much thought behind what we do behind the bar. It's nice to share some of the advanced techniques, I think. Yeah. And people are hungry for them. People are... Thirsty for them. Oh, yeah. They're so thirsty for <laughs> them. Look at how many consumers are buying cocktail books that were intentionally written for bartenders. Yeah. And now, right? and now they're lining the shelves of everybody yeah. and they're sitting there right next to all their cookbooks. Yeah. Morgan Thaler's The Bar Book. The yeah. Really crushing it in sales. And it's... Yeah. And it's, it teaches you how to make ginger who, syrup. Yeah, exactly. It's, it's gone beyond the people who are behind the bar. It's, it's the people who aren't behind the bar, who are on the other side, just the consumer. I I still, not to like poo-poo the, the idea, but I, I, I still subscribe to the, to, the, to the notion in my own personal life that I'm, in a lot of things, I am the technician. In the bar, I'm the technician. You're the operator. You sit at the bar. I make you the drink. That's the, that's the agreement, mm-hmm. right? I'm, I'm the operator when it comes to like, well, Damon, he's a technician on his motorcycle. When, on mine, I ride the thing. When it fucking breaks down, I take it somewhere. They fix it, not me. Right. Like, I get in the plane, not the cockpit. Like, I, I, there are things to me that I feel like are just like, I'm just here to enjoy this. So it's always kind of weird to me when I see so many people who want to become more technician in this thing that's supposed to be for them relaxation. Yeah. Right. Right? But, well, I, I mean, but, I'm not saying that's not a market to tap it, into. But also, you used to... You used to cook, man. I mean, like, there's part, like, there's. Yeah, no, but I did that for a job. But, but also, think about it, man. Like, when you weren't doing that, like, for me, like, when I when I owned my house in Oklahoma City, like, I would go out to my backyard, and my grill was my fucking, that was my zone, man. That's where I cleared my head. I would, it was, it was propane. Sorry. <laughs> How'd you know I would be upset and with that? Yeah. Like right away, I'm yeah. upset with that. No, I saw I saw the look on your face. I saw it coming along. Oh, uh, <laughs> propane. No, it was it, okay. It was propane I'll say and propane charcoal. And propane accessories. Shut up, man. <laughs> <laughs> it was propane and charcoal. It was like a dual like you know. So like whenever I was like I would throw frozen pizzas on that motherfucker. And you just cook. wanted to light up the grill. Yeah, man. I just you wanted to be out there. To cook it outside like, in it nature. It was my moment of zen, man. Sure. Like standing outside in the like sometimes in the middle of the night in the middle of winter. There's snow on the ground. Firing up the grill and just like standing out there with a beer or a glass of wine and just like and it's quiet and all I could hear was the sound of the fire. Sure. And and the sizzle of whatever I was cooking, and that was escapism for me. Sure. So you gotta you gotta realize it's the same for like. You know, if if you're working a, a desk job and you get home, or maybe it's your lunch break. Um, <laughs> yeah, nothing you hearing the stress like shaking the hell out of a daiquiri. Yeah, hearing the shaker, hearing the clinking of the the ice and the glass and the spoon. You know, it's like, and then having. I always say that like food always tastes better when someone else cooks it for you. Sure, of course. Same yeah. with cocktails. I guess that's kind of what I'm saying. I get that, but. At the same time, it's it's at that There's moment self satisfaction. It's self satisfaction. Yeah, you know. And, and like, I love cooking, and I don't get to do it as much as I like to. But when I have guests over and I cook something awesome and memorable for them in my own house, that's super rewarding for me. Yeah. You know, when and there's something like inclusive about that as well. It's like, like I will never be a chef. I'm I, like I don't have the discipline to like learn all the different techniques. But if whenever I'm talking to a chef, like. I've studied a lot of these techniques and like, it's really nice to be able to talk to him about what's going on. And the chef really appreciates it. Oh yeah. When, when you're like, when you're not talking out the side of your neck. Yeah, exactly. And same thing with the bartender. It's like, then there's this inclusivity of like being at the bar and be like, 
uh, like, w- would you try shake that for it? Doesn't have egg white. Like, like, what's your technique on this? Like, what you know, what that kind, of, like all that stuff. Like the really nerdy shit. And like for consumers, it feels really good to like be able to go in and talk and to, to have yeah to have that conversation. I think I think we're you know splitting hairs. A we little all bit. learn from each other, of course, of course. I think we're splitting hairs a little bit. Whoa, I think what I'm what you're talking about is more like that. Uh, that interest from the consumer to to at least be able to go home and and not feel like they're fumbling around. I'm getting all West Coast on you, man. Yeah, yeah, and not feel like they're <laughs> fumbling around, um, which is great. And also to have some cocktail fodder, you know, some 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 language to use at the cocktail party so that they, you know, can sound a little savvy. You know, even if it's just a quick one off about what you just said. Dry, oh, the dry shake is when you shake with it. You know, they get to say something and look smart, and then they go back to the conversation they were actually having. But it's also very like adult, like. It's like a rite of passage into adulthood, I think. Like, knowing... You should always know how to... You should at least have one dish that you know how to fucking... Lasagna. Yeah. Yeah, whatever it is. Italian dressing marinated chicken. That's it. Yeah, yeah. sure. <laughs> Dorito, crushed up Dorito, crusted halibut. You know, whatever it is. Which is awesome, that by the way. That sounds delicious. And what would you pair that with? Uh... <laughs> Don't get all world-class on me, bro. Bud Light, Bud Light Lime Bud Light. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Maybe some Fernand from California. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> speaking of. Uh, speaking of. All right. We, we got off topic there for a second. Uh, so this show sounds great, by the way. I, I'm not poo-pooing it at all. And, you know, you, you brought up, uh, uh, you know, the methodology that you intended to use, uh, infotainment style, a little shorter. You know, what would you say before the show? Four or five minutes? Yeah, there will be. Which I think is smart. Each episode is going to be a four-minute and one-minute episode. The four minutes will give you more advanced techniques, and the one-minute will crunch everything down into something you can quickly whip out when you're at your friend's house or when you're actually making a drink for somebody. And I always get... whip out things when I'm at my friend's house. Hell yeah. And, and then it only lasts 60 <laughs> he's, seconds. He's I bet. known for that. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so yeah, I love the format. It sounds great. And I think people will be attracted to it. You know, if, if, uh, you know, if, if our show is any example of that, you know, we got a ton of listeners and they'll, uh, they'll show up in droves to see the see the yeah to they, see something you know they can only they can only hear us uh, and look at you know little do they know about. we always do the show in our underpants um, I I didn't expect it but I'm kind of glad because it's a humid day yeah uh, <laughs> be- before we wrap up which it looks like we're getting close to time um, you brought me a bottle uh, well you brought us a bottle but but I'm taking it um, <laughs> I I figure it's going to Amoria Margo and we'll go there to drink it. Yeah, right. it says California Fernet. I've never even seen this bottle. Can you talk about it? Do you know about yeah, it? Yeah, it's uh, by my friend Martin Geyer, and he's a Swedish guy. He makes Geyer Glug, which is an old Swedish liqueur with like almond and raisin and cinnamon in it. And he started a whole line of mostly Swedish, but also very modern liqueurs and distillates. So he's got an California Aquavit, oh, which rad. is a Scandinavian botanical Dame distillate huge, with Dame is a huge fan of caraway and cardamom, and then he's also got a new uh, a, a Cointreau competitor. It comes in at about the same price and ABV. It's a really really lovely California orange triple sec. Nice. They've also released this California Fernet, and it's got thirty plus botanicals in it. It's made in California in a tiny little distillery on the coast, and it's bottled by my Swedish barback, Simon. Red. Yeah, it's close to home. Yeah, that is close Very to home. Very tasty Well, I really stuff. appreciate it. Um, and we'll, we'll crack open the bottle and get a bit of taste before we leave the studio. And then uh, for anyone listening, I'll bring it over to Amori Margo, and I will pour you a taste. Uh, so come check it out, California Fernet. Um, 
so did you have a before we wrap it up totally did you have a um Oh, uh, it's YouTube. Is there a, a, a yeah. URL or is it just? Yeah, a... you can uh, go to YouTube and search Top Shelf with Andrew Meltzer. That's Meltzer like seltzer with an M. Nice. Oh. Meltzer seltzers will be coming in a couple of years. I was going to say, yeah, that seems there's like a... A, there's a whole follow up package of modifiers <laughs> and probably some sort of bottled daiquiri. We're not sure how that's going to work yet. <laughs> Uh, that's amazing. So, uh, top shelf with Andrew Meltzer, who's been our guest today, uh, on the speakeasy, uh, world-class, uh, 2016 champion forever, forever, uh, right. That never goes away. <laughs> Current, uh, president USBG San Francisco. Uh, you're a man of many parts. How long I are you going to be in town for? I'll be here, uh, until Friday. I came in town to surprise my cousin. It's her 50th birthday. Oh, right. Today. So all those things, and you're kind of a sweetheart. That's amazing. Yep, so she doesn't know it yet, but I will be hiding in a secret bar that I can't mention behind a very popular restaurant, and they're going to let me uh, hide back there, and after her meal, the service staff is going to escort them out back to the secret bar, and I'm going to shake her her real 50th birthday daiquiri. Nice. Nice. Ah, that's fucking awesome. Yeah, she only gets one. 150. 150th birthday, 150th birthday surprise daiquiri from her son, her her nephew. So, yeah, and then you're like, I'm out. Yeah. Later. <laughs> um, Just throw the bill and leave. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I didn't say I was paying for anything, but I'm here at least. Yeah, the flight costs way more than the daiquiri. <laughs> yeah. But uh, I am the daiquiri doctor, so if you're on Instagram and if you actually use Twitter, I don't, but I've got a handle there. It's at daiquiri doctor all around. <laughs> At Daiquiri Doctor. That's right. I follow you on the Instagram. I posted a photo of you shaking a giant, yeah, this giant it, shaker. It was like bigger than him. It was 110 ounces. And every <laughs> time you wanted to change direction, I had to change my foot position so that I could absorb all the weight. Yeah. Pretty, pretty amazing. Um, well, thanks, man. It's been really great yeah. having you on. You're a great guest. Um, upcoming shows uh, include, but are not limited to, uh, we got Brian and Leslie from Subject. They're going to come in and tell us the kind of interesting story of how they acquired the bar subject, um, which is uh, just over on Suffolk and Houston, right behind Suffolk Arms, Giuseppe Gonzalez's place. Um, we got uh, a potential, uh, unconfirmed as yet, but I don't know if you know him. I feel like you do. Adam Rich, do you know him? He's the he's the guy who founded Thrillist. Yeah. Um, he doesn't live here in New York anymore, but he, he was here and he came by Coup the other day and we chatted and he said he'd be back in town uh, coming up and, and we might get him on the show. Uh, really fascinating fellow. Um, the Cat Pack, all of them. All nine, maybe. Oh, wow. That's a maybe. That's going to uh, be a room full of sweaty dudes in underwear. Well, that sounds weird. Cat Pack is ladies. That sounds awesome. <laughs> yeah, it went from weird <laughs> but, to awesome. But there will be also a bunch of sweaty dudes in underwear. Yeah. Right? yeah uh, and uh, and the venerable Jim Meehan has, uh, has agreed to be with us coming up soon as well. Yeah. So we got a lot of great shows coming up. Um, so that's what I've got on the calendar. Cool. You sounds got anything good. to wrap us up with? I'm just saying... Let's let's get into October, man. Yeah, yeah, October. Yeah, Halloween is upon us. Halloween and uh, and Mars and beers. Yeah, what's your what's your costume going to be? Have you figured it out? Do you dress up for Halloween? I was I mean, a really really good Andy Warhol last year, <laughs> and I might just stick with that one because it's been winning for me. <laughs> David, you, David you, you got a plan? I don't know. I don't know yet. I mean, like. I mean, I could just go as Willie Nelson, but I don't really have to work very hard at that. <laughs> yeah, that's right. And then your brother might show up that's in the everywhere. same costume. Yeah, I, 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 that's the thing. It's like, you're also a twin. But Oh, crap. I forgot. But, we forgot to talk but, about uh, that. It's creepy as fuck. I can fuck. usually just, like, if I forget, if I forget it's Halloween, it's like, I'm my brother, Dylan. 
Uh, <laughs> you lazy bastard. But but you know what? I nail that costume. Fucking nail it. <laughs> yeah. yeah, you do. It's mirror image. It's creepy as fuck. Um, what about you? I uh, shuttlecock. Yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna cut the. I'm gonna cut a kickball in half and wear it as a hat. Uh, I'm gonna wear a mesh jersey and I'm gonna cut the bottom out of a uh, laundry basket and wear it as a skirt. <laughs> that is well thought out. <laughs> good, good for your form. Hey, yeah. Uh, Shuttlecocks, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's been a great show today. <laughs> it has. But that's it for the speakeasy this week. Uh, thanks again, Andrew, for being here, and uh, thanks for the fernet. And um, check out Heritage Radio Network for many more programs like this one. Click on the beating heart to donate to the station and help us continue to hang out and drink come beer. Up with wacky ideas about <laughs> Halloween costumes. Until next week, I'm Damon Bolte. My name is Souther T. And Andrew, cheers. cheers I'm buddy. Andrew Meltzer. Thanks, thanks for so having much. me. Yeah. Cheers, cheers guys. So you don't shun the devil with your rock and roll load. Knows that country music's gonna save your soul. The boombox is grooving them rhythm and blues that sound. It's gonna get you some in the end. Thanks for listening to Heritage Radio Network, food radio supported by you. For our freshest content and to hear about exclusive events, subscribe to our newsletter. Enter your email at the bottom of our website, heritageradionetwork.org. Connect with us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at heritage underscore radio. Heritage Radio Network is a nonprofit organization driving conversations to make the world a better, fairer, more delicious place. And we couldn't do it without support from listeners like you. Want to be a part of the food world's most innovative community? Rate the shows you like, tell your friends, and please join our community by becoming a member. Just click on the beating heart at the top right of our homepage. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.